Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Awesome, guys. Is my mic on? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite a journey. Travelling with Josh. <clears throat> we had a blast. I think, because um, he's a funny guy, if you just turn me down a wee bit, that'd be awesome. He's a funny guy, and um, so a lot of the jokes that I use, he told me, say this, say this. And I remember we were at Promise Keepers in, um, in Auckland, the, the big one that they do, and I'm just about to get get up and preach, and there's a couple of Harley Davidsons on the stage, and Josh goes, oh, say this, say this, so I go, well, I had like a thousand things running around in my head, and he said, say this, so I said it, and I thought it was very funny, I said, because um, everyone, everyone thought it was from me, I said, oh, it's cool, we've got Harley Davidsons here, and a whole heap of men, last time I was in a room full of Harley Davidsons and men, I was buying drugs, but anyway, that's enough about yesterday. And, oh, I thought that was really quite funny. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, well, I reckon that's the funniest one you gave me. Who here, who here struggles to share the gospel? I like you. So, <clears throat> do you know who else? Over the, someone over the side. Awesome. Awesome, there you go. And I'll give you one too, okay? You see, I share the gospel because he's worthy to be talked about. You see, quite often we can get into this thing called Christianity and it seems to be all about a Sunday service or maybe a life group on Wednesday. But God took it quite serious that there was a massive problem on the earth called sin. So he sent his son to pay that price for you and me. And I think that is worthy to be talked about. I personally believe if we would fear God more, we wouldn't fear people. You see, because there's not two gods. There's not the full-on dude in the Old Testament and then there's a super mellow dude in the New Testament. It's the same God. It's the same God that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Same God that turns Lot's wife into a pillar of salt. The same God. You see, the more I study the Scriptures and I find out about the personality of God, He is a full-on dude, and he hates sin. Sin is a massive issue to God. So the more that I start to fear God, it's so amazing, the more I fall in love with Jesus. It's just like, wow. Check this out. We weren't going here today, but we are now. This is what Psalm Psalm 2 says. Now, this was written 1,044 years before Christ. It says this, Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate His rule with trembling. 1,044 years before Christ. Kiss His Son or He will be angry and His way will lead to your destruction. For His wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. I believe with everything in me, if we would fear God, we would not fear people. Not fear God like, oh my goodness, I'm so scared if I do something, he's going to zap me with a bolt of lightning. I mean be in total awe of God. Not wanting to sin because you don't want to hurt your father. Not wanting to look at that or do this or do that because you know it would hurt dad. He's got such a plan for your life. And you carry him wherever you go. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Well, Daz, I just get a wee bit scared. 
Here's another psalm. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. You can be free. You can be free. The Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. You can be free of fear of man. You can be free of the fear of people's opinion, the fear of being rejected. You can be free. But you have to step out of the boat. You see, because I can pray for you today and we can break fear off you and then you can go walking through the mall and you see this lady you want to talk to, your heart starts racing, then you've got a choice. Do I step out of the boat or not? I would rather be wet in the arms of Jesus than dry in the boat. Kind of ties in with what I've prepared a little bit. I got, I got back from a trip, and uh, my little girl, Nevaeh, she's in the, in the kids' room. She's five. She wanted to play controllers. Now, controllers, uh, it's Xbox, but she calls it controllers. I think that is super cute. She says, Dad, can we play controllers? Can we play controllers? I was going, yeah, yeah, we will, Nevi. We know, we will. And so I end up getting there, and we sit on the couch, and I put the, the game in the Xbox, and we start playing controllers. And I'm watching her little fingers going like this, and she's using her whole body, and she's just so into it, man. It was so cute. And I happened to look down and see that her controller wasn't even on. (laughs) And in that moment, God spoke to me. And he said, so many of my church, they think they're in the game, but they're not in the game at all. You see, so many Christians think that we're in the game. Going to church, being a good person. It's not about going to church. Where in the Bible does it say, and you will receive eternity if you've got this and this and this and this and this, a Bible certificate, a baptism certificate on the wall, that you're a good tither that you're a 10 church, that you help paint the walls and hoover the carpet. That's all good stuff. But the Bible says your good works are like filthy rags. You can't do anything to please God. He's already pleased. He's already madly in love with you. Nothing you will do will make him love you more than what he does right now. So what is it to be in the game? Understanding who you are. Understanding whose you are and understanding that you've got a job to play. See, church is actually family. Yep, we do that bit well, but it's also army. Are you concerned that people in your world are going to hell? Or even me just saying that today, have you automatically tuned off and go, I don't like this guy now? Are you concerned that people are dying every moment of every day? And if they're dying without Jesus, what do you think is going to happen? The Bible says that hell is shut up, closed, and sealed. Once you're in, you can't get out. It is real, man. It's just as real as Sockburn. It's a place. And it blows my mind that we can be so focused on revival and praying in revival and everything's all about blimmin' revival. Do you know that word's not even in the Bible? But yet we're not that concerned about our friends and family and people that we walk past, people that we work with. They're on a way that leads to destruction. And we know the truth because we've read it here. Jesus said, I am the way. Not Buddha, not Islam, not New Age. Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth, I am the life. No man will come to the Father but through me. And then he got torn apart on a cross to back up every word that he said. That's the Jesus 
that loves you. That's the Jesus that died for you. That's the Jesus that's got a plan for your life. That's the Jesus that wants to see you push through fear, man. If we talked more about fear in our life than revival, I believe we would see revival in our life. And it's the simplicity of the gospel. It's not supposed to be tricky. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's, we were born in sin. We were all heading to hell. We had an encounter with Jesus. He changed our life. We asked him to forgive us of our sins, to come back into our life so we can be right standing with the Father. You see, I am not a sinner saved by grace. I've done the most horrible things in my life, but they don't own me anymore because I said yes to him. And when I said yes, he said, I forgive you. I forgive you because I love you. I love you this much. As his own son was suffocating on the cross. Do you know one of the biggest revelations I had in lockdown was Jesus didn't go to the cross and, and die because he was hanging on the cross. God was showing me he was half dead before he got to the cross. He was beaten that much before he even got near the cross. He was bleeding, beard ripped out, face blown open. The Bible says he was unrecognizable. That was before they even got a nail in his hand, man. He got flogged for you and for me because he loves us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, is there any other way we could do this? Can you take this cup from me? Not my will, but your will. And then as he's hanging there, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he had my junk all over him. He had your junk all over him. It's the most amazing, amazing love story, man. And God wants you to share it every day. That doesn't necessarily do what Daz does or do what Todd White does. Or do, no, no, just do what you do. We've all got different personalities. We all share the gospel in different ways. It may be an email. I've got a friend who's a, a, a pastor at Elevation Church in Byron Bay, a drug addict. Well, not now. But he was a drug addict, messed up guy, got one email one night from this Christian girl. He read it. A couple of days later, he went to church and gave his life to Jesus. It was an email. It could be a handwritten letter. It could be making a cake, giving it to your neighbour and say, hey, I just want you to know God loves you. It doesn't have to be bold and loud. Don't do it like, it's probably best you don't do it like me. Flip. I can remember Breezy and I, my beautiful wife, she's here. My mum's here too. Yeah. yeah. I've actually got, I'm doing something with all these. These are pages out of mum's old Bible that 25 years ago she was praying for her son. And she's written in her Bible. When I was a drunken lunatic in the gutter, I had a praying mum. And I said to her just when I walked in before, I said, mum, I'm here today because of you. The prayers of a praying mum, man. Breezy and I were doing uh, a new life ordination thing up in the North Island and we're staying in this camping ground and the food was like prison food. It wasn't amazing. And uh, I said to Breezy, hey, look, I, I need to eat pro like proper food. So I went to this lovely vegan shop. No, no, I went to a fish and chip shop. <laughs> and ordered my burger and chips and <clears throat> Coke. And, uh, and that was cool. And was eating it and it's happy days. And then um, about an hour later, I went to get my phone and I realized that I didn't have my phone. And I'm looking frantically for it, and I thought, oh, man, I must have left it at the fish and chip shop. So 
Breezy's ringing the, the phone, no one's answering, so we even ring the fish and chip shop, and they said, no, no, it's not here, and I thought, well, I think it is there. I think you're lying. So I said, Breezy, what we're going to do, we're going to go back to the fish and chip shop, and when we walk in, you ring it, I'll hear it ringing, I'll jump over the counter and get it. That's how we'll get my phone. We'll get the phone. We're getting it, 100%. And they took it. They shouldn't have taken it. And uh, so that was the plan. So we go in there, and she rings it, and I can't hear anything. I thought, oh, man, that. But someone answered the phone. How's it? And Breezy goes, oh, hi. What's up? And Breezy goes, you've got my husband's phone. Oh, yeah. And we'd like it back. So she started talking, found out where this guy was, and we, um, we drove around the corner to where he is, and he's working, Māori fella, cool dude, working on the roads, doing STMS stuff. And uh, so I jump out of the car, and, hey, bro, how are you, man? He goes, yeah, yeah, good. And he goes, oh, here you go. And I said, thanks, man. Thanks for finding my phone. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sweet. And his friend's standing there with him. And I said, so where did you, where was it? Oh, it was on the, on the bench at the fish and chip shop. I said, oh, so you didn't kind of find it then. Did you steal it? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, bro, you stole my phone. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, I did. I said, well, why did you answer then if you stole it? Hello? <laughs> sort of thing I'd do. And he said, oh, when it was ringing, I kept seeing what's on your screensaver. And I thought to myself, I can't steal that. This is my screensaver. You see, that's the power of the gospel. That's Jesus, man. That's Jesus. That screensaver is on my phone. Why? Because I'm in the game. Because I'm in the game. I love Jesus. I believe the Bible. I believe if we lay our hands upon the sick, they will recover. I believe human beings can walk around with demons inside them. There may be some in this church. I actually asked Pastor Wes this. I said, am I allowed to say this when I'm preaching? And he gave me a yes, but it was an awkward yes. Because I believe this. I... I had 88 flights last year. I'm at a different church every weekend, somewhere. And I believe there's more demons inside the churches than inside the pubs on Saturday night. Standing in front of Christians every week looking the way that I do, preaching the way that I do, I see how people react to me. I see how as I'm speaking, they're struggling, not so much, well, sometimes they are, but not so much normally with what's coming out, but the way that I look. But what if it's the same God that's in me that's in you? What if we were to stop judging and start loving? Jesus does not look at the outside appearance. Jesus looks at the heart. The, the, the language that is spoken in heaven, it's called heart. God loves me. And God has anointed me to preach the gospel. Whether you like the vessel or not, it doesn't matter. Because he's opening doors for me. Why? Because I'm an amazing communicator, because I've had um, help from Josh? No. Because I love Jesus. Why is Josh here? Like, seriously. I'll tell you why he's here. Because, yeah, when you're traveling with someone a lot, you get to know them. And I know that I know that I know that this man loves Jesus. You are being led by a Jesus lover. You are not being led by some pastor that wants to do this. Wants to do this. He loves Jesus. The top of the list is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's why God has opened this up. And I would be led by this man any day. Why? Because he loves Jesus. This whole gig is about Jesus. We need to get it. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
The simplicity of the gospel, Proverbs 18, 12, uh, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. I've heard so many messages about, oh, don't, the power of life and death, don't speak death, don't say that, don't speak those curses over yourself, don't speak that over him. Yes, that's good, don't do it. But what about the other bit? What about life? What about we can speak life? What about saying to someone on the street, hey, bro, Jesus loves you. That's life. You can speak life over people. You can speak life over yourself. You start having your daily bread and it will build you up from the inside out because you can't give what you haven't got. Freely we've received. Sometimes, I think in the Pentecostal Bibles, freely you've received, full stop. Give me more, Jesus! And he's going, well, what have you done with what I've given you? Before I give you more, you need to be trusted with what I've given you. I was walking to a bar to have lunch with some pastors, restaurant bar thing. And as I was walking across the road, these two guys just walking down the footpath. And they stopped at the same intersection. I said, hey, bro, how you going? You guys doing you all right? Well, you don't sound all right because life blankety-blank sucks. And I said, well, isn't it awesome that you met me today then? And I started sharing the gospel with him as we're walking across the road, knowing that I had pastors waiting for me in a restaurant. And I'm sharing the gospel with these two broken young men. And we, uh, we get out outside the restaurant and there's some picnic tables outside the bar. And I said, bro, have a seat. And I started sharing my heart. And one of the guys was pretty anti and the other guy was just so open, man. He was at rock bottom. And uh, as I'm sharing the gospel with him, tears rolling down my cheeks, telling him how much God loves him. I said, bro, God wants to come and live inside of you so you're never alone again. You've been struggling with loneliness. He wants to forgive you of everything you've done. So you'd be righteous before him, right standing before the Father. It's amazing. And um, what was so beautiful is that afternoon, that young man got born again on a picnic table outside a pub. When the pastors were inside waiting for me, and I'm outside here sharing the gospel, you see Jesus left the 99 to go and find the one. It's about the one. Philip, before he got told to go and find that eunuch to walk 100 k's down a dusty road, would we do that? Or would we say, oh, well, how far do you want me to go? It takes 24 hours to walk 100 k's. Do we, do I, do I go halfway and then, I'd say I need more details. It wasn't an Ashfelded road. It was a rocky road. He didn't have Nike Air shoes. It would have been a bit of a mission, but he went. He went for the one. But what I think is so interesting, if we read up from that verse where Philip gets told to go and he goes, he automatically leaves. I think that's pretty cool. The town that he was preaching before that, people were getting saved. The sick people were getting healed. Demons were leaving. There was a lot of talk in the city. The Bible actually says the whole city was full of joy. So Philip is the man. He's doing all these amazing things. People are getting saved, set free, delivered. And then God goes, go and find the one. You're going to go down a dusty road. That's all I'm telling you. By faith, I'll be with you. And you're going to 
bump into one eunuch. It's going to be a divine appointment. He's going to be reading the book of Isaiah. You're going to explain what it means. Then you're going to baptize him. Boom. And then that eunuch took the gospel to Ethiopia. Amazing. The point to that is Philip was in revival. Philip was doing amazing. There was great joy in the city. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could have that with Christchurch? There's great joy in the city because Jesus has been preached. So God takes him, the man of the moment, takes him and sends him down a dusty road for 100K to find one person. The one. God is so interested in the one. That's why he's interested in you. So that afternoon, this guy rings me. I gave him my details. How horrible would it be to lead someone to Christ and not follow them up? What the heck? What's that all about? That's sin. Dropping babies on the ground because you're birthing this beautiful newborn Christian and then you walk away, sweet ass bro, just check something out on YouTube. No, I take responsibility. Why? Because I'm passionate to make disciples, not decisions. He rings me, he goes, hey, is there any chance that you'd be able to baptise me? I went, yeah, bro, sweet. I thought there's got to be water somewhere. I'm in my bath. And uh, so check this photo out, it's pretty cool. That started on a street corner with, hey, mate, how are you? Hey, mate, how are you? People say to me all the time, how do you start when you're evangelising? First of all, I don't go evangelizing. How weird would that be? Evangelism is to do what I'm doing now, to equip you, to inspire you, to challenge you. That's evangelism. Ephesians 4 says, my job as an evangelist is to equip the body of Christ for the works of ministry. That's evangelism. That there's normal Christianity. That's just normal Christianity. That's just a man that met God that was a drug addict sharing the same gospel with another broken drug addict. But you see, that day, his girlfriend rang me a couple of hours later. And she said, hey, you're baptising my boyfriend. Would you baptise me? And I said, are you a Christian? And she said, no. I said, absolutely, I'd love to. That's just as she's given her life to Jesus. And that started on a street corner with, hey mate, how you going? The simplicity of the gospel, just like a photo on a blimmin' phone, man. The simplicity of the gospel, I didn't have a half a dozen gospel tracks. I wasn't telling them on the street my favourite 15 scriptures. As a matter of fact, most of the time I was listening. That's why God's given us two of those things on our face and only one of those things. Because when I'm listening to him, A, he feels engaged. But as I'm listening to him, I'm listening to Father speak about him to me. So that day, the whole family came. The whole family got rocked with the gospel. And this little man here rededicated his life to Jesus as well. And that all happened on a street corner. With a, hey mate, how you going? So when you leave here today and you're thinking, well, I really want to share the gospel, how am I going to do it? Hello. Hello is a really good way to start. Because they're not souls. They're not a number. They're humans, just like you and me. Black lives matter, what the heck is that about? Every life matters. Every single life matters. Man, you skin us, we're the same under the skin. We all bleed red. The world's going crazy, and this is where there's so much uh, panic and fear over the coronavirus. Like, seriously. Mate, even Christians freaking out. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in that stupid virus. Jesus died for our sin and sickness. My mum had a death sentence. Sorry, Mrs. Chittle, you've got three months to live. But you see, she didn't believe the doctor's report. She believed the Bible. 
21 years later, mum? 23 years later, alive. Why? Because Jesus is a healer. Love you, mum. Okay, the last scripture is Luke 10, 1 to 23. Uh, I'll do the DIV, Daz International Version. <clears throat> so, so Jesus gathers the 144 together. You've probably heard this a thousand times. Jesus gets 144 together. He's about to send them out. And he goes, okay, guys, I first need you to do the DISC test. It's a personality test. And they do the personality test, and he goes, oh, good. You extroverts, you're over this side, 72 of you, great. You 72 introverts, you're going to go over this side. Now, you 72 introverts, I want you to go into a dark room so no one can see you, and I want you to pray for the introverts when they go out on the street. Hmm. Or did he get 72 human beings... He didn't care what personality type they had. He just got 72 human beings together and he sent them out. You see, because we can justify why we don't because of our personality. Interesting. It's nothing to do with personality. I'm actually quite introverted. I am. I like surfing by myself. I like traveling by myself. I'm an introverted person. But when I stand in front of someone and share the gospel, I feel the fire of the gospel inside of me. When I'm on a plane and I think there could be people on this plane that have only got three days to live, they need to hear the gospel, man. It's not a personality. It's the Holy Ghost. It's Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus got 72 together and he sent them out. Jesus said, go into all the world. Introverts, you can stay behind. You do the interceding at church and we'll get the introvert, extroverts on the door. No way, man. Jesus said, go. That's two-thirds of God's name. Go. He said, go. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It doesn't matter what, what you've come from. It could be total brokenness, drugs, a mess, whatever. Or you could have been brought up like my beautiful kids in church. I've got Jaden here, my son. The other day, we, he's been getting into surfing with me. And the other day, we got down to the beach and it was really big. And uh, I said, Jay, yeah, let's go, man. He goes, oh, I might just take photos of you. I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. You take photos of me. Good idea. And I thought, no, that's fear. That's fear. I said, no, come on, Jay, let's do it, man. He goes, okay. And I knew that he was afraid, but I knew he was going to be safe. I was with him. I knew he had the ability to go out in these big waves. And you see, the thing is about Jaden, he knows more about sharks and marine life than people that work at zoo places. <laughs> Aquariums, that's the word. Mm. It's aquariums, AJ. Eh, <laughs> and he pushed through the fear. See, the fear whispers, it's too big. Don't go out. Don't go out. It's too big. Don't go and talk to her. She'll laugh at you. Don't pray for that lady. What will people think? They might reject you. The Bible says that the devil is a liar, the father of lies. He is a liar. He lies to us. So Jaden went out surfing. He loves fish and sharks and dolphins and stuff like that. And there was three amazing hectic dolphins out the back that he could swim with. How amazing is Jesus? That was Jesus just saying, good on you, Jay. You've pushed through your fear. Check this out. He wouldn't have seen them what, taking photos of Dad when he's on the car. Sorry, when he's in the car. <clears throat> So it's not about your personality. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no elderly Holy Spirit. It's kind of a nice, gentle version. No, no. 
It's the Holy Spirit. It's the fire of the gospel. Does anyone here know Pastor Anne Morrow? Oh my goodness. She's elderly. You shake her hand, you, she nearly breaks your fingers, and you look into her eyes and you just see the fire of the gospel. It's not about age. It's not about colour. It's, it's not about how long have you been saved. I led a, a, a lady to the Lord one night. She was, I'm, I'm going to wrap up right now, very soon. Is that okay? Okay, I'll go a wee bit longer then. <laughs> I spoke at this event and, this, and had an altar call. By the way, if you're a minister in here and you, you, um, you judge your messages or in your performance or your preaching on how many people respond to the gospel, that's sin, that's called pride. Because it's not my job to make you stick your hand up. It's his job to make the... It's the pastor's job to make people feel comfortable and loved. But it's the evangelist's job to actually make you feel uncomfortable and challenge you and push you. It actually is. I'm not being mean. I want you to leave here today more in love with Jesus. Because if you're more in love with Jesus, you'll talk about him wherever you go. Because we talk about what we love. Hmm. Father, I just pray right now for doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief to leave this room right now. You see, as I was speaking then, I actually felt a wave of doubt, a wave of unbelief. And that's not God. Doubt and unbelief is not God. This gig is about faith, getting out of the boat. So I preached at this, this event and, and it was cool. People got saved. It was a powerful night. And then this lady, she's so broken, man. She came up to me and she, she said, oh, thank you. And I said, oh, awesome. I said, are you a Christian? She goes, no. I said, why is that? She said, I'm not sure. And I said, oh, were you here? And she goes, yeah. I said, why didn't you respond? She said, I don't know. And I said, can I give you a hug? And Breezy and I have boundaries on hugging. I don't just hug random women. And uh, I gave her a hug. And I went to pull out of the hug. It was like, honestly, hugging a pole. <laughs> like her arms were like that. It's not really a hug. I'm hugging her. And, um, and I went to pull out of the hug. And I, I heard God say, don't stop. Don't stop hugging her. And it was already super awkward long. <laughs> and she seriously was not into it at all. Like, and I kept hugging her. And as I kept hugging her, I could just really gently hear. And she started tearing up. And I just started sharing the gospel and speaking life into her, man. And she said something that rocked me. She said, you know, you're the first man in years that's hugged me and not want any sexual favor at the end. She'd been prostituted herself for drugs. She was so broken, man. So broken. She had such an encounter with the Prince of Peace that night. She had such an encounter with him, man. It changed her life. 
And then a couple of days later, I'd seen her on Facebook. She was in a blimmin' shopping mall in the food court, standing on a table. I never stand on a table. I stand on chairs. She's on a blimmin' table, shouting out how amazing Jesus is. She hadn't done the Romans road. She hadn't even been to a proper church service. Yet she had an encounter with Jesus. She had an encounter with God and she wanted to tell people. The Bible says this, Jesus says, I knock. I stand at the door and knock. He knocks and knocks and knocks. Will you get up off the couch? Will you get up and go and meet with him, spend time with him? And then you'll be off to go and invade the world. If there's ever a time for the body of Christ to stand up and be the city on the hill, be the light in the darkness, it's today. And it doesn't matter what personality you've got. It doesn't matter, man. It's the same Holy Ghost in you that's in me. It's the same Holy Ghost in me that was in Wigglesworth. It's the same Holy Ghost that was in Jesus that rose him up from the dead. You're fully equipped, ready to go. You don't need more church services. You don't need more blooming conferences, man. You need to read this book and go. And go. If you struggle with people rejecting you, I challenge you today, try and get five good rejections. Not even joking. It will burn that junk out of you, man. And you can share the gospel without being weird. There's nothing worse than weird Christians, man. Just be normal. Just be normal. Your personality. Your personality. I, uh, in the lockdown, I, I looked at a lot of stuff on how I've been doing stuff because I've been running so hard for so long. I kind of reevaluated everything. And one thing that's a non-negotiable for me, and other ministers do this, not a problem at all, it's just we're in different lanes. When it comes to someone responding to the gospel, I'm not going to make it easy. I'm not going to make it easy. Because me making it easy makes it look like Jesus was hanging on the cross with Velcro, dying of boredom and hunger. I'm not making it easy, man. So I don't do lights off. I don't do heads bowed. I don't do eyes closed. If you need to get right with God, you need to get up here right now. You see, my part of the service is over. I've shared my heart. But if you need to get right with God, where you've never given him your life, there's an altar here that you can come and kneel at today before God and get right with him. If we can put that last slide up. You see, don't, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. He's not mocked. The wages of sin is death. And so often we can think that no one knows. God knows. And sin separates us from God. But that doesn't mean that God walks away from us. That means that the sin pushes us away from Him. So if you're struggling in here today with addiction, you're struggling in here today with stuff in your heart, unforgiveness, you're, you're struggling with just stuff, Today is the day to be free. But you see, it's going to be a lot harder than normal because everyone's watching. Cool. It was pretty hard for Jesus as he's dying up there suffocating. So if you need to get right with God, there's an altar here. I'm going to leave it open for two minutes. Don't let pride hold you in your seat. If pride can get an archangel kicked out of heaven, imagine what it can do in the heart of a human being.
God bless you, bro. Good on you, mate. Just kneel down, man. Just say to Jesus, forgive me. Today is a new day. Today is a day of freedom. No more shackles, no more chains. No more shackles, no more chains. And the beautiful thing about everyone watching this, you can see who's responding so you can help them during the week. More, Lord. More. Maybe you're in here today and you just feel so lost. I just saw a picture of the lost son, of the father running out to him. Today's the day to come home. Jesus. Maybe you're in here and you've let your fire go out. Jesus said to that church, you're doing all these great things, but what I hold against you is you've lost your first love flame. If you've lost your first love flame, come and dive in the fire today. lady here and you've been blaming God and I just felt God say it's been heartbreaking for you and it's been heartbreaking for him he's been carrying your heart through it and even though you've been so angry with him because of what's happened I want you to know today that he cries with you and he so loves you it's got such a plan for your life. <clears throat> this altar is open. <clears throat> What's your name, man? Michael. Michael? Yes. Um, it's cool that you're here, man, in more ways than one. I think it's really brave. And uh, in the worship where we were singing um, No Longer a Slave to Fear, there was that, that, that bit of it that goes, um, and the fears got drowned by his love. I looked at you, and I thought, wow, because I see courage in you that's not normal. I see a boldness in you that is wild, man. And I see it because it's in me. And you, when you've got it, you can spot it. And out of everyone in this room, you were the one person I was going to come and find at the end of the service and say this. I want you to know that you are brave, that you are brave. The lies that you've listened to, they are lies. That fear, it's a lie from the pit of hell. You are brave, man. You've actually got this supernatural courage inside of you, man. And I just sense as you step into it and you know that, yes, this is who I am. I'm a warrior, man. That God's going to use you mightily, bro. And I think it starts here today. On your knees before Jesus. I think it's so beautiful, bro. There's three other people and you need to get up here. I just saw a number three. I'm going to count down from 10. And you need to get up here. And if you don't, it's up to you. It's free will. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 
four, three, two, one. Awesome. Right. Just put all your attention on Jesus right now, everyone in this room. Just put all your attention on him. I'm going to lead you guys through a prayer. I know there's different stuff going on on this altar. I'm just going to lead you through a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your gospel. Thank you for the cross. Forgive me right now of all of that junk. Come into my life with fresh fire, fresh boldness, and use me to preach your gospel every day. Amen and amen. Awesome. Do we have a ministry team? You're free. You're walking. You guys that are kneeling down, I want you to know when you walk out of this building that you are walking out different than the way you walked in. You are free. You are saved. You're going to heaven. Jesus now lives in you, never alone again. When you're in bed at night and things are scary, just talk to him. Okay, he loves you so much, bro. He does. Do you know the Bible says that he's the father to the fatherless? It's amazing, man. Just keep talking to him. Praise God. Let's go and share the gospel today and get rejected in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.